Hello and welcome to the Match Report, hosted of course by Free in the Field, Cable, Kojo here. How you doing, sir? All good, bro. How you doing? Depends. Right now I'm doing alright, but in a few hours I might not be. Just let's, let's just put it like that, okay? Let's just put it like that. If, Look if, at the if, if it doesn't go too well, I'll give you a call and see how you do. Please don't. Just leave me be. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna just mope. I won't mope. I won't be moping now because I'm be celebrating because we're gonna get the three points. And I haven't believed like that in years. So it's great to be an Arsenal fan right now. Trebles, how you doing, sir? I'm alright. I'm alright. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure about your confidence. Palace away on Monday night is not an easy place to go. Art City. Uh, word to Liverpool. I know our Liverpool fan here. He probably remembers uh, Istanbul. Um, but yeah, it's, let's see what happens, isn't it? Let's see what happens. But no, I'm, good, I'm good. I'm healthy. Uh, half term for me, so or, or Easter holiday, so I'm chilling. I'm in with Amanda. Excellent, excellent. See, see, see the, these Spurs fans, these fans that haven't won any anything in in years, talking about. Our darkest moments as, as fans of, of football clubs. All the I've cheek, got is right? The about. cheek. That's all I've got. I've just got our kind. That's all. <laughs> Steve didn't hear a word I said there, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> you can't beat it, mate. Never work with kids or animals, mate. You've got no chance. <laughs> How you doing, Steve? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good, mate. Um, it's getting squeaky bum time, isn't it? Now, just part of the season and um, tip for tap with City, obviously, and some big games coming up, mate. But you know what? It's better to be in it than, than not to be in it. And, you know, um, both you and Treble have got something cooking this season. Unfortunately, our mate Kojo has resigned to the usual um, with Man United. But um, they're about to name their new manager. So I wish them well with Roy Hodgson at the end of the season. Um <laughs> Uh, no, in all seriousness, it's 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 the business end of the season, isn't it? So it's it's good fun, and um, yeah, it's a bit scary if you're in for the, the dreaded. I won't say it, the Q word, but I won't say it. But but Liverpool are heading down that road. We're trying to. Wow, he doesn't want to say it, but there's there's, there's confidence there. You can feel it. You can feel the confidence there. If if, <laughs> if we, we can do it, we can do it. Where we do it. I'm not so sure, but we we could do it. It's a big ask. Never Why been not? Before. He's he's coming with the fire straight away. Arteta out already, man. It's like we don't no even play the game no yet. No idea why. No idea why. <laughs> That's crazy. Fair play. Shout out fair the, play. Shout the um, big old Kojo and Cahill, no relation. Big up the Uncle Ruckus um, Bruno Dots reference there. <laughs> fair play. Uh, let's get into that Liverpool game, of course. You were on top. For a good few hours, I believe. When did City kick off? City kicked off, what was it? Like? Half five. Yeah. Half five, five yeah. So For a few hours, you were on top of the Premier League. And I don't know why my laptop has done that. Cool. There we go. Um, goals from Diego Jota and Fabinho. Now, Steve, it seemed like at the very, very beginning, it was it was going to end up with Liverpool being on top. But they what for did... Uh, did try their best to, to spoil your fun a bit. They did. And um, never let it be said, we love a good international break. We absolutely fall off a cliff at international breaks. We come back and the thing with Liverpool is they need to be playing three games a week. They thrive off the intensity. So when you have to sit and watch, or, or not in my case, sit and watch meaningless internationals, um, 
it kind of takes us away from what we love, which is the Premier League, and we do find it difficult to readjust. Um, Watford are fighting for their lives. They're well organised. All Roy Hodgson teams are. They offer you a threat because they've got they're quite mobile in terms of up front, quite quick. Uh, we were never in danger in that game, but we were never truly comfortable either. And there's a very late penalty to sort of make sure all things being equal. It was a penalty, to be fair. You can't put your hands on a man in the box like that. Um, it's a, it wouldn't look out of place at Twickenham, would it, really, as in terms of a challenge? But mm. at this stage of the season, it's not about football for the purest. It's about getting three points and making sure you're, you're staying in the race as long as you can. And it'll take a cock-up or a moment of genius from somebody somewhere down the line to separate Liverpool and City at the moment. It's a toss of a coin. Um, and, and I'll say now, if we get to the end of the season and we lose the league by a point to City, it's not the first time that's happened. And there's no disgrace for either team to lose the league to the other one because these two teams are setting standards that, that we've not seen before in recent years. Um, that The injury-prone season we had aside... Um, 97, 99 points, however many we get this year, is, is ordinarily good enough to dominate your, your domestic league, such as the standard of, of City and Liverpool. It, it could go either way. It really could. But what we've got to do is... Um, thanks for that comment. Uh, lose me thread in the middle of that one. Um, <laughs> save that, because if it happens, you want to ram that down his throat for a few weeks. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 if he was watching, I did say I don't think it's likely, but but you never know but we'll see. But but we're still in the mix and, we, and that's all I can ask for. Now, we're going to focus on the Premier League trebles. Now, we I, I, I personally believe it's going to come down to whoever takes the three points out of the game between Liverpool and Manchester City that's going to uh, decide the title this season. Who's your favourites for, for, the, for this league title? Give, give, it, give us a reason. Whew. Uh, I think City, um, just because... I think it's, it's the, the game this week. This weekend, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Liverpool have to win it. City just don't have to lose. And I don't know. I just, I don't know. I think it's, if it does come down to that one game, I think, you know, City could get a draw and I think still run away with it. Liverpool, for me, out of the two, I know obviously um, City slipped off a bit at Palace. I just think Liverpool, for me, still sometimes seem that they can rock out a, a bad draw here and there. Um, I don't expect it, but I just think out of the two teams, if they were going to leak, drop points anywhere else, um, that might be the one. Um, however, I, I, you know, out of all the other teams in the league, I love watching Liverpool play. Um, I actually enjoy watching them play more than more than City in some respect. Um, I think uh, Yotto has been an absolute revelation and I called it as soon as he got signed. Um, I was like, yeah, this is what they need. You know, you can play anywhere in the front three, He's more dynamic than Firmino in, in terms of getting goals and, and good chances, you know. Um, and he just adds an extra layer of, of, of threat, you know, which at that end of the table and at the end of that, those competitions, if you are going to go for, you know, a quad or a treble or whatever, you're going to need to have, you know, that kind of experience or that kind of goal-scoring threat coming off the bench um, or starting your games and the opportunity to do things a little bit different. Um, so it's been great to see them pull it back. You know, they're what 14 points down, mm. um, and and it just goes to show how great they are, and also how great City are. If with a Liverpool team which is this good, and has been this good over the past two, three, four years, they've only got one league title. You know, um, so it's it's 
to, you know, we're in that kind of crying Man United Arsenal mode, you know, 98 to 2004, where it's just like, it's just either one. You know, you know you're going to get quality all the way through to the end. Um, as a neutral, it's great to see. Um, Watford can be a sticky game, and it's a 12-30 game. Just out of the international break, no one wants that slot, do they? Um, and we know what Watford did to them <clears throat> a few years ago uh, when they ended yeah. that unbeaten run. So, you know, there's that kind of, you know, potential banana skin. But I think once they got the first goal, we all knew um, what was going to happen. And, and, uh, and then they kind of coasted through it, uh, to be honest. Now, Steve was disagreeing, like, m- massively during that first... You know third. what? That was that was mad because listening to Treble speak there, I was like, yay, no, yay, no. <laughs> it was like up and down, positive, negative, positive, negative. I don't know what to make of that, to be honest with you. Um, we could, we don't need to go there and win. We've played ourselves into a position where if all bets are even at the end of the day, there's still one point in it with, with eight or nine games to go. And I think there's still a twist in the season. Don't get me wrong. It'd be a massive statement to go to the Etihad and win and, yes. and take the impetus into the remainder of the season. What you tend to find with these sides is whoever gets it right wins well. Both teams have scored three or four goals against each other on yeah. frequently. Um Look, it, it, it doesn't. It, we played ourselves into such a position. I don't think it, if we lose the game, that's a disaster. It really is. If we don't lose the game, um, then we're, we're kind of relying on someone else doing us a favour, and we don't know whether that's that's possible, whether that's going to happen. We go there to win. They will go there to win, but um, we've won ten in a row. So this this inconsistency thing that that makes us, you know, same as we did at the back end of last season. Um, this they give people chances that that sometimes misconstrued as a lack of consistency from Liverpool if you like you don't overturn 14 points against Manchester City mm-hmm. if you're drawing games you ought to be winning um, so right now we're in we've got the best form in the Premier League well nobody um, we need to continue that and we need to start continuing that against City um, interesting your points on Jota I don't think Jota starts against City I think Firmino does because Firmino is very clever at uh, interacting with the central defensive midfielders of the opposition. What you don't want to do against City is allow Rodri to step forward mm. and start dictating the game because as soon as he does it, the back four do it as well. And then suddenly they're camped in your half. So if you've got someone like Bobby Firmino who's capable of just naturally having the ability to interrupt and stop the likes of Rodri playing. And and if you look at the goals Liverpool have scored in recent years against City, it's where we win the ball back high up the pitch in areas where we can hurt them. The, the Salah chip against Edison where he's forced to clear it, it goes straight to Salah, is as a result of a really, really aggressive press. If you take Jota in the front three with Mane and Salah, for instance, Jota doesn't give you the same thing that Bobby does. It makes you more dynamic going forward. I get that, treble, and I agree. But, but what Bobby Firmino gives you is the ability to set your traps really high up the pitch, and that is absolutely massive for Liverpool come the weekend. Can I just ask? Do you play uh, Mane or... If you had to pick between Mane and Yota, who do you play? So, Firmino and Salah, but on the other side, Yota or Mane? He'll put the band back together. He'll go with the three, tried and trusted yeah. three up front, purely because um, when we need to set the traps, those are the three best players we've got setting those traps. And that's that will be what this week will be about, looking at where City use the ball, looking at where how City are moving the ball around. The fact that Ruben Diaz might not be fit is, is, a, is a big plus for Liverpool mm-hmm. um, because um, Laporte and 
Stones has picked up an injury for England, so it could be Laporte and, and Nathan Ake. And all I can say is please be Nathan Ake because um, <laughs> the guy doesn't play. The guy doesn't play and he's, he's, he's shocking because he doesn't play. Yeah. Certain footballers have to play every week to, to maintain a yeah. level. Um, so it'd be really interesting, but that's the reason why I'm going to be I'm going to die on this hill all week, wherever I speak to, that Bobby Firmino has to start the game because of what he, the disruption for the central defensive midfielder at City. Now, Coach, I'm going to come to you for your opinion on who's going to win this title. It's a, it's a, what is that for? Uh, Gary Neville said it perfectly um, before. I'm going to repeat what he said, but we all know what he said when it came down to Liverpool or Man City winning the league title all those yeah. years ago. What's your, what's, your, what's your take on it? Who's winning? Um, <laughs> look, if City win the game, obviously they go, was it, four points clear? And yeah. Four points is obviously huge. Um, what I'll say is both teams can't afford to draw, not this game, but the other games. Because when it came to that title race last time where City won it by a point, uh, I remember me and you had um, Don Maxwell and his brother on the show. And I said to them, the only way you do not win the league, that was Liverpool, because they're Liverpool fans, is if you keep drawing the games that you don't, or you shouldn't draw, if, if you know, shouldn't draw. Football's football, isn't it? Um, because for me, it was the draws that took you away from winning that league. You just turn one of those draws into a win and you're, you're in front of City, no doubt. So despite City's winning form being so great, I think they won like 14, 15, even maybe even more in a row. 17, it was. 17. 17 games in a row is ridiculous, but saying that one draw, I was saying to them, maybe they should have beat us because they dominated us at Old Trafford and we came away with a point somehow, those kind of games. So that's where, you know, they draw the line. But I'll say this, if City win that game, I'll say City. If City do not win the game, I think Liverpool will be the team that gets the most points out of the two of them and go on to win the league. Which annoys me because it'll be 2020 in league titles and I, I, that makes me sick, but it is what it is. It would be, wouldn't it, man? Like that, 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 uh, that hill that that Fergie died, almost died on. Fucking no, trying to trying to get get one over Liverpool. It took took him what? How many years? Seven. Twenty seven years, and he twenty seven years to overhaul us, and he done it, and then we fumbled the back straight away. Deep in the fourth quarter, I've got it. Oh no, I haven't. There you go. He's done. It's like like a rugby game. He's done all the running. He's gone past everybody. He's gone like he's gone past everybody like he's Jason Robinson at full speed, and he's gonna pass it to someone on his left. He's like, hey, take and just you know get the try and complete this for us. And he's like, yeah, gonna pass the ball straight to Scott McTominay. You're like, oh, all right, great. (laughs) There we go. There we go. Already bringing him in. We're going to get to him. Don't worry about it, coach. We'll get to him eventually. But you, I know you're eager. I know you're eager. But Watford eh. is done, right? They're out. They're gone. Yeah, I've, I've not had any faith in Watford to stay in the league this season. Um, they're my Norwich were my first two shouts. Um, I shouted Newcastle because obviously I didn't see the... The, um, the Saudis? The Saudis incoming. That's why I didn't know. <laughs> that came out of nowhere. Don't take so, it, don't do what form. It's the Saudis, bro. The money. Yeah, the money yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It came out of nowhere. Yeah. The money. I said, yeah, they're staying up. Because I knew they were going to find a way to bring in some players and uh, just shop their team a little bit. And they've done that. But yeah, Watford, yeah, they, Watford have done what Watford do in the Premier League. They come in. Sometimes they survive for a year. Sometimes they don't. They change managers religiously, no matter what. Same thing this season again. And it's, nothing's going to change. Roy Hush is not going to save them. This what it is. So they'll be back in the championship as per usual. Back in the championship, as per usual, and back in the championship. Fingers crossed, everybody in this panel is hoping. Burnley nil, 
Manchester <laughs> City to Kevin De Bruyne and Ikelai Gundogan with the goals. Now on this podcast, we're not. I, I'd say me, me and you, coach, we're not the. I would say we're not fans of KDB, but we're not the biggest fans of KDB. Would, would yeah. you agree with that? I agree with that. I agree. With that. Yeah, we, we we we've we've had many many podcasts and talks about the, the, this uh, this man and his ability to whip the ball in from the right hand side in about fifteen yards of space. Is what it is, man. It is. But, but Trebles, um, what a goal from him on, on the weekend, man. What a fantastic finish. Yeah, you know, they've... I mean, like, Liverpool have the same. Players that can make something out of nothing. Um, whether you think he's had a good season or not, <clears throat> those are the kind of players that you want in those kind of games where the pressure's been put on you by, you know, Liverpool for winning early in the day and, you know, after half an hour the game was done, um, if we're honest. I think <clears throat> the surprising thing is that City didn't win 5-0 as they usually do at Burnley. Um, it's usually 4 or 5 every game. Um, I think they might have just kind of looked at it and like, we've got the points. Obviously, they've got Champions League in the midweek. Um, but yeah, KDB can do that. You know, and Gundogan can do. You know, they've got so many match winners um, across their team. Um, it's just one of the things about again when they when they're on song, who can really stop them? You know, only the top teams can really stop them. Really, um, when they're really firing all on all cylinders. And, and whether you like him or not, he is crucial to that. KDB is crucial to that. Um, they're not ready to move on from him. You know, I know there was a couple a bit of talk a couple of years ago that would. What, what role Foden would take? Would Foden be like the new KDB? Um, I think they've kind of modelled... I think Foden's actually been hampered, if I'm honest, by playing in yeah. the fourth nine position. Mm. Um, I, I don't like it for him, even though he's done well and he's, he's a great, great player. Um, I actually think I like to see him in other positions, whether it be out wide or, or firm back in the midfield, like we saw for England a couple months ago. Um, but yeah, KDB's got the strings and, and if he stays fit, he's going to be crucial over the next eight, nine games or how many they've got left. Um, and if they're going for, you know, check what well, they are, obviously going for the Champions League, that is the, the holy grail for them, isn't it? You know, <clears throat> they, they've won everything else in, in in on the domestic front. They want to get that European trophy. Um, and, and you know, special goals like that will, will win you tight games. Um, so, yeah, they, they kind of roll on, don't they? They're, they're getting a bit like the main United of the 90s, actually, mm. sad to say. They're just a bit inevitable at some point. She's like, okay, Man City won again. Okay, 2-0. Then have to get our second or third gear. Um, let's see what happens when they come up against Liverpool this week. I mean, Trebles, you, you mentioned Foden now. I'm going to come to you, Steve, for this one. Mm-hmm. I've, I've really heard about Foden this season. Is it is it down to Pep molding him into what he sees him as? Because the, before, before uh, this season, you, you could see the creativity that Foden possessed and, and the te- technical ability that he possessed. But he's not really done that, that much this season to what we would expect of him to have done by now. Was that, is that a fair point? Yeah, it is. And it's, it's, it's a tactical point because he shares the false nine with De Bruyne from time to time. And I don't think it suits either of them because they both want to be picking up the ball from deep when there's a bit of space and they can use their, in particularly in De Bruyne's case, he can drive at people. And as you say, when people stand and watch him, he's quite capable of, having a go from 20 yards and making it count. Um, 
the, the Foden thing is a little bit similar to the Grealish thing. There's a world out there that tells you Grealish is a flop this season. He's not really. He's just a smaller cog in a bigger machine now. And £100 million pound is, yeah. it, it has no bearing. No bearing on his uh, expectation at all. When he plays, he's effective. When he doesn't play, obviously, that's because of the squad they've got. There's no issue with that. So bring in Bernardo Silva or, or Gabriel Jesus, who, who, who plays well off the wings for City. Um, I don't think De Bruyne aside, you can make a case for any of the other lads up front for being absolutely talismanic worldies. You know, De Bruyne really is the go-to guy for them. And I know you guys have had your conversations about him in the past, but, but he is the guy that seems to come up with the goods when City need him. Yeah. The, the Grealishes, the Bernardo Silvers, the Fodens, the Sterlings, they just do what they do effectively and, and, and kind of bizarrely enough stay under the radar. And it goes back to what Treble said. It's kind of like what score did City win today? So it's no big deal when they, when they win 2 0 and Silver gets one and Foden gets one. It's just become the norm, just as it, it was with all the sides that have been at the top echelons of the league, if you like. And it's like that with Salah with Liverpool now. You know, you, you, it's kind of inevitable. Um, yeah, Foden, Foden suffers in the false nine position. Uh, you know, if they ever get a proper number nine and they're now to use him, whether they do or not is a different story because that seems unpopular and unfashionable now to do that. Um, then, then you might see his position change slightly. And it'd be interesting because there'd be four players, five players to play in, in advanced positions. So there would be Mares, Grealish, Sterling, De Bruyne and Foden to fit into a team pattern, which includes a number nine. And there's lots of noise about Erling Haaland to City in the summer, um, which changes their dynamic and there's no guarantee of success. What they do at the moment works. They they create angles and they pass you to death. And that's what that's the issue with, with City at the minute in terms of teams that aren't prepared to be brave and have a go. Um, but but Foden's just been quietly effective, same as Grealish has. I don't buy into this. That Grealish is a flop. It's not even a conversation for me. Mm. Not a conversation for Steve. Let's get to a conversation about something you like, Kojo. Defending, because boy, boy oh boy, I'm talking about 15, when I'm talking about uh, KDB. I'm talking about 15 yards outside the box. He was giving like 15 yards inside the box for that for that strike. And to be fair to him, he put it away nicely. But so much space was given and afforded to, to KDB from that Burnley defence. Well, this has been Burnley's story this season. Um, they're defending what they were known for. You know, the Tarkovskis, the Benmis, the solidness being dominant in the air that they've lost all of that this season. It looks like they've lost their fundamentals. Um, was it against uh, Spurs this season where Tarkovsky sort of blocked across I can't remember if it was Spurs, it might be Spurs. So they saw a block across, but he just fell to his opposition and he just sort of gave up. Like he took a touch and he just went in front of the guy and he just sort of like, yeah, I, I can't bother to get this. And the guy just put him back in the net. I don't know. It might not be Spurs, but I'll try to remember. But it's just all of that has been happening this season. There's been a, seems like Tarkovsky sort of signed out because he's been linked to a transfer for a long time. And I feel like he probably feels he's got another level. Uh, ben Mee. Uh, all these guys, Loughton, I feel like their their time in the Premier League is starting to come to an end. They're not the kind of players that you want to go further with anymore. They can't take you any further than they did. I think they had one great year when they obviously um, qualified for European football. But after that, they've gone back to type. Weghorst looked like it was going to be a good signing overall because you did sort of like a type for type-ish sort of signing. You lose Woods, you bring in another two striker, someone that's dominant in the year, but it's not worked either. Ashley Barnes has not been the same since 
an injury and he hasn't come back, he hasn't recovered. Jerry Rodriguez hasn't shown form and he's someone that's had many relegations as well, West Brom. So he's not the kind of person that you look to to keep you up. You know, and Dwight McNeil's star has pretty much fallen. You know, he, he was someone that they looked at as maybe he's, he's pure left-footed, he's very direct. You know, they're not the most promising team, but he looked like a promising player that maybe could go somewhere else and maybe do something else. He's, his stock has dropped this season as well. So you just see that's a whole collective of players, key players that have not performed. It was like Sean Dash has sort of run out of ideas a little bit as well. I think, I think, I was even saying earlier the season that this will probably be his last season at Burnley anyway. Whether that's for a new club or just leaving, I think it, it, he has to go. It's a bit like um, Chris Wilder's situation at uh, Sheffield United. You've done what you can with them. Might be time to move on and just look for the next chapter. Whether that's lower or higher than Burnley, that's your call. But mm. yeah, the defending was really enough what I've come to expect from Burnley, which is a joke thing because they are a side that's been renowned for their defending, no matter the league position. So yeah, time's running up on them and um quite frankly their relegation is looking unless everton don't win any of their games in hand it looks like it's game over for them as well and team that every people may have thought would have it would have been game over for turns out not so much they still got life in them brent oh chelsea won Brentford four. now let's all laugh at chelsea here because they got absolutely at yeah. home by Brentford and Brentford were fantastic on, on, on the night as well, especially in the second half. Uh, I mean, Rudiger uh, was not a dead game in the, at the very beginning, but Rudiger in the 48th minute scored an absolute world from I don't think he expected it himself with, with that celebration. Then Janlet got scored to Ericsson as well, and Johan Wisser rounded up with a fourth. Trebles, nobody saw this one coming, right? No, um. <clears throat> We, we did. <laughs> Brentford have given me two of my favourite results this year. Um, I don't know if you know the other one, Tia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, you know what? <laughs> Ivan Tony said Kit is crucial to how Brentford play. Um, him and, and you get Bremo uh, up top. And Bremo, they, yeah. yeah, they have a really good um, connection and they they make up for a lot of deficiencies. They've got a lot of hard workers in, in the team. You know, they, it's almost like, you know, Kojo was talking about Burnley. Weghorst would be a great signing if he had one more creative player in that Burnley team. But because it's all Dwight McNeil and then, I mean, Aaron Lennon's not going to do much, is he? Um, the rest of the, the midfield is really basic. They can't get the best out of him. Um, and he gets really isolated um, <clears throat> for the most part. So you flip it to Brentford, who they have just a few people here and there who can just make things work. Um, but they dropped off for a few months because Tony was injured. And I think Tony doesn't want to necessarily be there long term. Um, but once he gets on the pitch, you know, he gets up for those kind of games. You know, he's like, all right, Chelsea, let's see what they've got. Um, and they've got a lot of players that do that. You know, he's like, you know what, they, they've got that kind of plucky underdog thing that um, <clears throat> remember when Norwich were like playing very well against everyone. They weren't winning, but like in the big games, you know, that, that first game against City, I think a couple of years ago, it was like, oh, wow, Norwich. Yeah. Rubbish. But like, they would look, they look like they were up for it. Uh, Brentford have that, but there's a bit more quality. And, and Chelsea, I don't know, I think they might have clocked out for, you know, for the Premier League. I think they've gone third is probably wrapped up as long as they win enough games. Um, <clears throat> they don't need to, they're not going to win the title. Um, 
they're in a situation now where they can just focus on on the Champions League um, and see if they can go back to back on that. Um, they have problems in their team. I know Spurs were able to exploit them um, in that in the month of January when we played them every ten days or whatever. Um, but you know, if if you put a good work, hard work inside together, you can punish them. Uh, we saw that last year. Who was it? They drew three three with was it West Brom? Um, when West Brom went three 0 up <clears throat> in a half time, obviously they fell apart. But yeah. you can get you can score goals against them. You can fit them apart. You know, if you're a bit plucky and you've got a bit of adventure. And it's always nice to see Christian Eriksen score against Chelsea. Um, I think the last time we actually beat them in the league, that Easter Sunday game a few years ago, um, Eriksen got us back on the on the ball there um, with an absolute amazing worldy goal. <clears throat> Good to see him playing football. Um, not sure I want him back at the lane. Uh, a lot of people have been talking about that. I think I'm okay. But, you know, he's playing football. He's healthy. You know, God willing, he, he, nothing else happens to him. Um and he's scoring goals against Chelsea. And as a, as a Spurs fan, we love to see it. Now, Steve, this is the type of game that if Roman Abramovich wasn't being allegedly allegedly poisoned, he mm. would look at, uh, he'd be looking at Thomas Tuchel. Because if we take everything into account for this season, third is not where, a third and out of the title race by, was it January? Mm. Was, was not part of the cards. Yes, they're still in the Champions League, but... I don't think they, they they are going to win it this year. So this is by all all regards, this has been a disastrous season for Chelsea, even though they are third. Yeah, it has. And unfortunately, the circumstances they find themselves in may well turn out to be Thomas Tuchel's saving grace. Mm. Because you've got you've got something you can turn to and say, well, because and you can look at the situation the club find themselves in. Um Trebles is right, you can get at them. They played a back four on um, the weekend, and it went so badly wrong that Thiago Silva's wife took to social media <laughs> to dig out the haters. Um, you know, you're in trouble that when your missus. Is... Yeah, you're in trouble when your missus is fighting your fights for you, aren't you? Really, you're in a, you're in a dangerous <laughs> position there. So, um, it is a bad season. You're right. To, to to that was the next step for them, wasn't it? To challenge City. We didn't think, well, we didn't know Liverpool would challenge. Liverpool fans thought we challenged, but everyone else had written us off because of what happened the year before. And we were always saying, once we get everybody back, we'll get that back again. Um, but they haven't They haven't sort of emerged as a third major force. They threatened to for the first third of the season, if you like. Um, their issues are they go spend big money on they've got a 97 million pound lump up top and they don't know what to do with him whilst the rest of the premier league just laugh at them for that reason um you know we said before you can't i've just said this on this pod before you can't call Grealish a flop but you can call lukaku a flop but you can also call the tactics that allow you to play lukaku a flop as well because they've not really catered for the, for, for the man's skills um, they're more dangerous side when he's not playing, and that, that's a, that's an indictment on tactically, and it's also an indictment on why are you go and spend ninety-seven million pound on a player you think can change the world and make you Premier League champions, and he fails to turn up. Um, given their circumstances, he may well, may well not be there next year. Um, and you're right, the season for Chelsea, if they go on and go back to back in the Champions League, will paper over the cracks and everyone will be like, wow, Chelsea are double European champions and they are great. But the reality is you shouldn't be getting turned over 4-1 at home by Brentford after going in front and then seemingly just switching off and 
you know, they've got issues. The club's got things to deal with. But this is, as a player, that those things shouldn't affect you. Because at the end of the day, you're still getting paid, which they are. Mm. They're still training with the coach. They're still doing the tactical stuff. There still is a, a, a tight unit that wants to go on and win games and ultimately trophies. You can't use the political issues within the club as a reason to not perform at home against Brentford that, you know, nobody you know would have predicted that as a scoreline. So there are bigger issues there. And in a, in a different year, Tuchel probably loses his job. But we spoke about this the last time I was on. Chelsea's business model is going to change drastically. And, and the sort of hangman's noose type of thing may not be a factor at Chelsea for much longer. It was a, a constant that every manager that went to Chelsea would inevitably get sacked. Even if you won the Champions League, you could still lose your job. That probably will change now. So, so Tuchel may get some grace from that. But Chelsea will be looking down now. Because you guys, Cahill and, and Trebles, your teams are looking up. You know, you've got you've got to be looking up. You've got to be looking at them saying, you know, if if if, if think of Arsenal win both their games and then they get to within three three or four points of Chelsea. A couple more results like that, suddenly Chelsea are not safe in third place. We saw this last season. Chelsea had sort of um third place nailed on and Liverpool took it off them. Uh, you know, so so it's not the first time we've seen this. Um, it'll be an interesting end to the season, but you're quite right, mate. If if this was normal business at Chelsea, he'd be in a bit of trouble after that performance. I mean, the question to you, Gojo, is are Chelsea in trouble of dropping out the Champions League? Yeah. Is, I think it is a possibility. They are, look. So they've got one game in hand on, um, on Spurs, I believe. I think none yeah, absolutely, yeah, um, yeah, and and yeah. Chelsea have a game in hand on on uh, Spurs. On Spurs, yeah. So, look, the issue with Chelsea is there's a lot of complacency starting to get into their game. Now, before I say this disclaimer, I still think he's I still think he's a brilliant player. Don't come for me. I'm not saying he's now trash. You know how football people are these days. Um, Kante's performance against Brentford kind of worried me, and it's because and firstly, I'm going to get onto Loftus Cheek because. <laughs> Do you need to at this point? <laughs> I, I, you know, it's, it's because many a time we've said that the guy's just not good enough and it's not a case of trying to belittle him or anything. He's just not of the quality that Chelsea need in their midfield. And he was run ragged by not only Ericsson, by all of them. But Kante, it kind of goes back to the point I made about when United years back, beat Chelsea 4-0 in the first league game of the season. I think Frank, Frank Lampard's first game as Chelsea manager. Oh, yeah. And Kante was left in one-on-one situations twice in that game, or three times, and it went from 1-0 to 4-0 very, very quickly. The guy is an excellent chaser of the ball, but when you live in a one-on-one situation, or basically sort of like in the last man, last two or three-man situation, where someone has to commit to one place, and you have to know whether to go to the ball or go to the man, or track your other man, sorry, he doesn't really excel in that for me. That's my opinion on him. And this game that came to the fore again. So um, for Ericsson's goal, you can see that um, it's him. I believe it's uh, Rudiger, and I can't, be, I can't remember the other person, but it might have been Alonso. And he sort of got Ericsson in his, you know, he's kind of running with Ericsson, and he suddenly just starts drifting out to the wing to go and go, go after the ball. And I'm like, you're leaving yeah. Ericsson by himself. Ericsson's now suddenly got a ton of space in the middle. So you find him with a, a simple pass, and obviously the, the finish was there. Fantastic. And then the third goal, um, they're playing the ball again down that left side as well, which is something you can probably point down as an issue. I, forgot, I can't remember if it was SP or um, Rich James that started 
on that side. But again, Yano is making a run with him and he's running with him and then he suddenly stops, he bull watches. And for me, it's like, you know, if your defenders are with are occupied with other players, you have to track your man to the end because you're good at that. But he didn't do it in this game as well. And I've noticed that about him as a sort of like um, tracking the man late. When it comes to chasing the ball and getting at someone, he's the best at it, no doubt. But for me, when it comes to that last sort, of, that last two or three defenders kind of thing, he seems to struggle in that aspect. And I think Tuchel kind of agreed because he took him off five minutes after that third goal for Lukaku. And he, for me, he wasn't even the worst player on that, or worst midfielder on that pitch. Loftus-Cheek was. So for me, if he's saying that or he's doing that, I feel like he's thinking, well, you struggled bad in that game. That I just need to take you out and see if we can come on a bit off the pitch, on the pitch, sorry, and uh, bring us back into the game. But yeah, the, um, to answer your question as well, they are looking like they are going to struggle to get this. I think they are not comfortable. They cannot focus on the Champions League just yet only because third is not secure, in my opinion. And they are the most likely right now out of those three London teams to drop points. Arsenal are getting results, Spurs are finding results, and Chelsea keep dropping points. This this 4-1 wasn't like a unlucky Chelsea situation where Brentford had four shots and somehow they all went in. They were dominated from the beginning. They weren't the better side in this game. Really got scored the worldy, and immediately Brentford just came back into the game and took over the whole situation. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. Whether two shots um, stays or not, I don't know, but that's a bad result. And if they are not careful, the North London derby at the end of the season might end up being a game that decides third and fourth depending on who wins rather than who finishes in the top four. I mean, let's let's talk about Parados. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> let's talk about parallels here. Two German coaches, both with uh, impressive CVs, coming to top clubs in England and disappointing fans. Manchester United won, Leicester won. I'm, I'm glad you. I'm, I'm glad you preempted me there. I'm very glad you preempted me. I, knew you were uh, I, need, I, I need to. I need to interject there, right? And I, I'm, I'm going to pull you up very slightly, Cahill. I, I don't think the rest of the footballing world saw Ralph Rangnick as a top coach. Um, they saw him as a, a director of football in a in a smaller league. Um, Thomas Tuchel came with a much better resume and a much bigger yeah. reputation than Rangnick, and 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 I think Rangnick's a mistake, personally speaking. He just he's just firing shots already, man. It's, it's wonderful to see. It is wonderful to see. There we go, man. What, shooting from the hip. But Fred saved you, Kojo. He saved you. Kalechi Inacho scored on the 63rd minute. And three minutes later, like a typical FM game, Fred scores. And boy, the, the interesting... Uh, well, there's a lot of interesting talking points here. So we're going to start with you, Kojo. How disappointing was this one? Oh, you know what? It's... Every time Man United fans see their team lose or draw a game, it's this person's the problem or this person's the problem. And more than more so than not, this season has been Ronaldo. So when Ronaldo wasn't starting or wasn't even in the squad, I was waiting for the excuses in this game because I told um, Alex earlier in, um, in the day that we're going to draw this game. We're not winning. Mm. And not the whole we drew. The reason I said that is because when I looked at the lineup, we have a bunch of players on that pitch who, barring one or two, do not have the urge to make forward passes. And then on top of that, you have three or four players that don't make the type, the correct type of runs to collect passes. 
And when they do once or twice, it tends to happen that the wrong player is in possession of the ball to um, find the player. Um, it's very repetitive saying these names over and over, McTominay, Fred, McTominay, Fred, but McTominay kind of epitomized why I don't want him in the starting 11 of May night and would rather see him in just like cup games, Carabao FA Cup for May night. It's because the few times that May night players actually made runs, your Elangas or your Brunos, he was passing the ball out wide. And when I say out wide, not to his um his teammate, to the fans. They were going out, they're going out of touch. And it's it's one of those ones where it's like, you know, I can forgive. I always say this, I can forgive if you try to attempt to pass and it doesn't come off. Because you know, you're trying to make something happen. When your team are making runs or to go forward and trying to and help you create a chance, you have to try and find these players. And if you can't find them, it's what it is. But you gave it a go. He kicked the ball out wide. Leicester took a throw. We got possession back very quickly. He got the ball on the right side. And what did he do? He kicked it towards the fans again. And this is kind of repetitive with May Knight. And then Fred. Fred scored. Absolutely. He saves May Knight. He got May Knight at a point. Um, but his 90-minute performance was not good enough. Again, Bruno Fernandes. Inefficient going forward. His shooting. Invisible, man. Or he had two chances to try and hit the ball well, and he just hit it poorly, or he looked like he didn't know what to do with the ball. Yeah, he had a good one-on-one ch- uh, ch- uh, chance. Yeah, he, he hit his um, studs rather than, you know, getting a, a good sort of foot on the ball. Ilanga, bless his soul, he's a striker, been brought up as a striker, and was playing right wing. So there you go. Ronaldo's out. Marshall's not in the club. Rashford's on the bench. But your striker, your only striker left, starts on the right wing. That's May United. And it looked like Pogba and Fernandez were the forwards. It's 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 comical. It's comical. And that's why I kind of get what, not even kind of, I definitely get what Steve is making um and talking about in terms of Randick because Usman invited me on his show to talk about Randick. And I spoke about the football that he played with Schalke, he played with um Leipzig, you know, the style of football. But then I said to him, number one, May United can't play that kind of football because they haven't got the players to apply that kind of football that you saw with your Schalkers and your, you know. Secondly, in the Bundesliga, there's a lot more space where both teams are high-pressed and there's going to be just one-on-one opportunities everywhere. So if you can play your way through that very quickly, you'll create many chances many a times in those leagues. And then thirdly, I made the Biosa point. These are guys that have a wonderful reputation of their philosophy, but of mm. winning things. And that's a big issue because whether he's temporary or whether he's long-term, if you are supposed to be big, big Man United and your idea is you always want to compete for trophies, you need to bring someone with pedigree. It's the same issue I had when we brought in Moyes. I was like, Moyes had a wonderful job at Everton. Didn't win anything. You can say, yeah, but it's Everton. Portsmouth won two FA Cups in the, in the 2000s. So you can you can compete for things. There's a way to win things in um, and win competitions, you know. Um, and then we brought in Van Hal. Good history, you know, won things. But again... Maynard board, all that stuff. He said it earlier this year as well. Uh, Maynard are a commercial club, not a football club. And then Mourinho, he brought you two, got you two trophies, um, got you second place next year. And then when you really want to just bring in defenders just to shore up a little bit, make sure United are a lot more compact and a lot more safe on the ball as well as off the ball, they didn't back him and you go forward. And you replace that with someone who won things at Mulder, Mulder, and then you bring in someone who's not won much whatsoever, but because he plays a good style of football, 
you know, you think it's going to work. And now he's supposed to be a consultant next year and he's really saying he doesn't really know what's going to happen next year. This is why it's comical at the club and this is why you don't see any improvement on the pitch because if this kind of thing happens, whether it's in hard or Pochettino, I don't care who it is, Maynard are going to produce the same kind of performances because they have the same calibre of players and they're not trusted to replace good players that they lose with better ones or adequate replacements, enough anyway. This performance... Leicester deserved the three points, in my humble opinion. They didn't get it. That's unfortunate for them. Um, they were unlucky with the goal that was disallowed by Madison's goal. I mm-hmm. think so, too. Very unlucky. Um, but that is May United's luck. See, May United, people don't want to count May United out of the top four race because they've got the quality of the players. They've got the Brunos, the Pogba's, Ronaldo. You mentioned all these names. And I've been saying, you say all these names and gradually... The thoughts of what May United can do gradually drop every year. It's like, oh, title race, title race, top four. Top four, top four. Uh, maybe Europa League. Oh, yeah, they got Ronaldo Sanchez, um, Ronaldo Sancho and Varane. They should go for the title. Uh, maybe they got top four, maybe Europa League. It's the same old, same old. So, look, Leicester deserved the three points. Um, the defending was still poor. Um May United are just at this point. They're a club where I said to you last week I wouldn't be surprised if they finished in a Europa a UEFA Conference League spot next season. I told you that. Wow. And I mean that because we say wow, but if we're looking at the evidence right now, I said about Chelsea, Arsenal and um Spurs are more likely to get more points than Chelsea. West Ham are also looking more likely to get more points than May United. You say wow because it absolutely magnifies where Manchester United are right now in terms of how far off it they are. Not because it's totally unexpected, because I've said to you guys before, they need to stop saying we're Man United. You have a right to say that. And at the moment, that's not the case. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I completely agree. I've, I've always I've always tried to be a bit humble with my club after Science Ferguson left because I was kind of scared. I can't lie. As soon as I saw the voice come through the door, I was like, ah, oh, damn. <laughs> I don't know if I can have the same sort of arrogance that I had. <laughs> um, growing up, um, but look, it's 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 a it's a harsh lesson that United fans need to learn. Um, I think Tony Quay said last week perfectly well, or two weeks ago rather, perfectly well. Football goes around in circles. You know, everyone has their moment, and then you you drop off, and then someone else takes their spot back. Or there's a new there's a new kid on the block that you know shows the level. May United had their time, but if they want to get back, they've got the facilities, they've got the money. They just need to use the bloody common sense and build things slowly. And take their time. I usually give managers three years to build their team. If I'm being honest, knowing how many United community, um, the board move and our history with not selling players consistently or well, even is the word. Whether it's Ten Hag or Pochettino, they may need four or five. And I mean that. <laughs> I mean that because people always say, oh, yeah, May United will spend and this team will fall back. I'm like, well, Arsenal will spend. Oh, Spurs might fall back. Spurs might spend. Chelsea would Kojo, Kojo, I think if it's Poch, three years' time, we're having the same conversation. Um, because whether Spurs backed him or not after his ex- exploits getting into the Champions League final, mm. he should have had enough about him to say, I did that with the side I've got. I can replicate that this year with the same side I've got because this is about me not about the personnel. I delivered the, the strategy and the game plan. What mm. he did do was spend four months crying to the press how he didn't have money to spend and was he actually the coach? 
I don't think Pochettino's got the minerals to take on a job like Manchester United and turn Manchester United into what Manchester United fans would like to see them become. Um, and, and Ten Hag really is an unknown quantity in, in at that level with that much pressure. I think, um, before I shut up, um, I think my rebuttal, or not rebuttal, but what I'll say to that is, with Pochettino, I think, uh, I don't know how uh, trouble will feel about this, when they finished second, he was immediately talking about sort of like a rebuild. I think he saw the writing on the wall for a couple of the players in the team. And yes, he has his faults. You know, even though he got into the Champions League final, the league form was poor. He looked like he ran out of ideas. His selections were very, very odd. At times, his tactical decisions were scary to watch and, and you know, witness. I was a neutral or if you're a Spurs fan. But he kind of saw the writing. to watch, to be honest. Oh, not for you, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but I think he kind of saw the writing on the wall, I suppose. I think he kind of saw a lot of players were coming to the end. Then Bele was picking up a lot of injuries, as was Wanyama, so they needed adequate replacements in the middle. Um, the Tongan and um, what's his name? Odevero had a wonderful partnership, but there was Kyle Walker, a key member of that defence. Um, and Trippier was good going forward, but he didn't possess the same sort of defensive and offensive qualities that uh, Kyle Walker possessed. Um I mean, the Oh yeah, pace is especially well, pace is the main thing. Um defensive and offensive qualities, bro. Just talk about the pace, man. Talk I'm talking about I'm talking about the recovery speed. You're not talking about man. Yes, man. <laughs> recovery speed, bro. This is a this is a really good this is a really good juncture for me to remind you when we did our teams in that pod we did, and I picked yeah. Kyle Walker because of his recovery pace. That cost me the crown on the night. I might have you two, you two, you two are bigging it up. You two are actually giving him flowers for it. I'm not. Absolutely not. I'm just, no. I'm just saying it worked for Tottenham because they had good protection in the middle, you know? That's what I'm saying. But anyway, um, and obviously it's PSG, look, I, I, I try, I'm not going to be brutally honest, I do not judge managers much on PSG because PSG is one hell of a joke of a club, in my opinion. That's just me. Tuchel, I didn't put any sort of opinion on him off that run at PSG. I, quite frankly, I think that club's a joke. I don't care who they sign. I think they're an absolute joke of a club. Um, and with Ten Hag, I keep making this point to my United fans. You romanticise about his football the same way you romanticised about Rangnick's football. And where has that got your club? That's number one. Number two, there's this idea just because he's apparently demanded that he he manages most of the transfers and all that. What is the guarantee that the club's going to allow him to do that? Because Mourinho came and said, the club told me they're going to allow me to go and get players after, I, after that season where they finished second. And they gave him Lee Grant. So there's no guarantees there either. He was a much more of a proven winner than Eric Ten Hag. And thirdly, they, you know, they highlight a lot more of PSG's losses with Pochettino because it's PSG. You got Neymar, Messi, Ronaldo. I'm like, well, yeah, no one's gonna care when Ajax lose two one to go ahead Eagles because no one here really watches Eredivisie. You watch Ajax in the Champions League, and that's what you romanticize about Ajax. So I can't come and tell you that Ten Hag is the wrong appointment, but I can't tell you he absolutely is gonna be the right appointment. Because I don't fall in love with football that is pretty. I fall in love with winning football. That's what I want to see. Pep's football works for him. He wins. Klopp, he wins. Arteta is now trying to build something at Arsenal. Now he's getting results. He's winning games and he's getting results. Conte, his football in the past has won many titles for him. He's good. May I haven't got that right now. So, yeah, I don't know. I actually don't know who the perfect manager would be for this team. What you know is whoever it is, I said, like I said, four or five years because this one needs a whole overhaul. I've said it once and I'll say it again 13 players are needed 
the rest of them are hopefully the youth that we can develop to come up and join the squad and make it 25. Until then, I don't have faith in a lot of these players. I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty around Manchester United troubles, uh, whether it's Ten Hag or, or Pochettino. But Ragnik, let's talk Let's talk about him. Let's focus on him. Is he playing himself out of that position as consultant? No, I, I think I think he's probably already made certain decisions about what the summer's going to look like, where they'll have to kind of keep him at least for a year or two. Um, look at the Fernandes deal. <clears throat> no one signs off on a deal like that for a club that's in uncertain waters with, you know, Pogba looking to leave. Um, is Ronaldo going to stick around if they're not playing on Tuesdays and Wednesdays? We don't know. Um, they've got all sorts of problems with the team. They're, they're, you know, Maguire is, you know, getting a bit, you know, fire on, under his ass, that kind of thing. Um, there's so many issues and then you're signing a, a brand new deal for Bruno Fernandes. I think that's rag- magnetic all over and there's him going, look, whatever happens next, I've got my stamp on the next three, four years of this team <clears throat> by signing, you know, this this major contract for a major player in the team. And whether you rate him as a player or not, you know, he's 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 in there and he's one of the more recognisable names on the team sheet. Um, I think, you know, he's, if Man United were smart, they would have gone straight um, and put him in a consultant role earlier. I think this whole interim thing is, is weird for a dressing room which has already proved itself to be toxic at times. Like, I've never seen a dressing room have more leaks. They have more leaks than the Titanic. Like, it's <laughs> crazy. Like, every other week, it's usually Luke Shaw, Rashford, Fernandez, and then Pogba when he goes links up with the French Mandem, right? There's always a story. And then you give that um, that group of players, you give them a six-month or whatever it was, eight-month kind of run. Like, I think, again, it goes back to, I think Kojo's mentioned this, not only just today, but in previous times when we've spoken, Man United really think they are still Man United. Like, humble yourself. <laughs> like, you need to start again. Um and you know, whether it is Ten Hag or, or Poch, I agree with what has been said about Poch. I, I rate him, but I don't adore him the way a lot of Spurs fans do. Yeah. I, I saw some obvious failings. You know, I'm I'm nowhere near as good a coach on that level at all, you know, but just on a basic level, there were some really interesting moments in those five, six years that we had him. Um for a team of that quality to not win anything, not even a Carabao Cup, like nothing. It just got for me, his lack of respect for the domestic trophies and he was always like this big, big, big thing. Okay, big man, you get to the Champions League final, fix it. Do you know what I mean? Like if, if you've starved us of all those trophies that we could have maybe nicked, maybe a FA Cup here or whatever. Obviously we're thinking idealistically. Um I just think it'll be interesting if Man United get him because he's very much like I wanna win at the top. Man United are a few years away from getting back to title and Champions League winning. So you're bringing in a, a guy who that's all he knows. Do you know what I mean? So that'd be interesting as a as an experiment. But um yeah Ragnick, I think he's he's got that, that position solidified for the next couple of years because of that kind of deal. Um there's there's no one else out there that they, they could probably go and get, really. You know, they they tied their their fortunes to him um and whoever he picks, you know, we'll see what happens. But there's a very distinct, you know, reality that 
they could bring in Ten Hag to coach United in the in the Conference League, which would be absolutely stunning to watch. <laughs> you know, that's just you know it's ridiculous. So we'll see. But they do need to humble themselves a bit. And I think Leicester, you know, you said at the beginning um, that Fred saved them. I don't think Fred saved them. I think Varane and his outstretched leg saved them because that goal for me is it's a close call. That happens up higher at the pitch and in the game. I don't think it gets turned around. I think it's because on the edge of the box that foul. Um, it was it was touch and go, but did you see what Maguire was doing at the same time? <laughs> Maguire was doing like you know doing a, a, a fox trot shuffle, <laughs> you know behind. It. It's just it was symptomatic of, of where United are at at the moment. Um, and yeah, Madison obviously you know he could have won it for for Leicester. And Leicester you know they're in flux. They're they're a bit of a weird kind of team. Um, can they go win Europa? I don't see it, but they could strike you know lucky in a bit. Um, but yeah, United, we've seen this before. They go 1-0 up or, or you know, they, they draw a lot of games, don't they? Um, so yeah, it's, it's a bit of a business as usual, really. I mean, you say there's nobody available, but I think in a few months' time, Steve, that Lampard might be available uh, for, for, for the Manchester United. <laughs> just, because, boy, I'll do Everton, that. Everton, <laughs> what do you mean do what, bro? <laughs> do what? He's already managed Chelsea. He's managed a big side. He, he can take on Manchester United and trouble. Get out of here. <laughs> It's, it's from Gucci Manchester United to, to, to the big deal. Come on now, Kojo. Come on now. Yeah, West Ham yeah. two, Everton one. Goals, and I mean goals, from Aaron Quessel, Jared Bowen, and Mason Holgate. Uh, I mean, Steve, just to get negative out of the way, Everton. I mean, I imagine you're, 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 you're lapping this up because they have been absolutely terrible this season. They have, they have, and for the first time in my life, I'm looking at Burnley thinking, please don't go down. Um, <laughs> I, I genuinely think it's a two-horse race between them and Everton for who goes down the trapdoor with the other two. Um, Everton just don't look like they've got to win in them. They're making shocking defensive mistakes at the moment. They're losing a player every game for, for, for disciplinary reasons. Three games um, right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, listen, Frank Lampard was an amazing footballer, but... <laughs> No, he's not an amazing manager. And I, I genuinely would worry that... I'm not worried. If I was an Everton fan, I'd be worried. Second longest run in the Premier League, or if not the longest run in top flight football alongside your team, Arsenal. And and it's under massive threat. It really is. I think Burnley potentially have got a, a win somewhere in their locker because of the way that they play, because of the physicality they play with. I think Everton have taken like six points in 60 or something crazy like that. Um, yeah, uh, they are in, in all kinds of bother, and and the top teams winning becomes a habit for the top teams, and the teams that go down the trap door losing becomes a habit. And right now, Everton have got that habit. Um, it's just a case of are Burnley any better or any worse than Everton? That's what it'll come down to next season. Frank Lampard is not the answer. I, I, I genuinely don't see Frank Lampard being the solution for Everton. Um, he's done actually done worse than the, the manager he replaced in terms of the results. Yeah, seven out of ten defeats, right, Kojo? Yeah. He's lost seven out of his ten games. And and again, you know, he's been put there on reputation. If you, if you actually look at what he did at Chelsea, the euphoria of a returning legend that got them through the first season. It's Frank Lampard, right? We pull, up, pull out our finger and we do a bit for him because he's a legend of the football club. It's big Frank, you know, and, and that, that will happen at any club. 
Yeah. It would happen with Gerard if he came to Liverpool, but then second season we find out whether he's got the ability. And then and then really from that moment on, it was a downward trajectory for, for Lampard at Chelsea and ultimately cost him his job. And then he goes and takes a job at a club where all of his skills and all of the things that he's done really not fitting for what Everton needed at that time. They probably would have been better going back to Sam Allardyce and getting him in for a second stint to keep them in the league because no disrespect to Frank Lampard, this is not what he would tell you his management's about. The reality is we don't know what his management's about yeah. because of the circumstances we saw at Chelsea with the transfer embargo and that sort of siege mentality that will prove people wrong. That that comes into play as well. But Everton seriously could end up in the Championship next year. And if they do, they're not coming back first year of asking. They're really not. Because they've got players that... Could you imagine Richarlison being told yeah. it's um, it's Huddersfield away on Saturday? He'd be like, I'm not, I'm not getting up for that. I'm not getting motivated for that. They've not got the right players, the right mindset, and there's the stories that they're going to let Alan leave in the summer, although he's got time left on his contract. He's not happy. Um, that's a They're in a really precarious position, only because of COVID accountability adjustments you're allowed to do on your financial records. Are they not finding themselves yeah. being docked points um, because they've, they've, they've reduced their deficit by a half? because of the accountable allowances you're allowed to do for COVID. So by and large, the business model, what you spend, what you recruit, who you, who you bring in as your manager, what you're doing with your massive new stadium for the championship. Brilliant. You know, it's a, it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. And um, they're, 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 bit, they're my favourites to go down, not Burnley. I mean, Trevor, let's go, let's go off, off that point. I mean, if they do go down, I mean, Steve mentioned Richarlison, but there are a whole bunch of players there, which oh, one won't, won't 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 even go into the championship. I'm pretty sure they'll all be looking to leave. I mean, Richarlison will be looking to leave. Iwobi will be looking to leave. Uh, Calvert Lewin, who's already looking to leave, he's doing a photo photo uh, shoots whilst he's not he's not been in form for the past what six six months or something like that all the entire season. It's a real mess there, and and if they do go down, like Steve said, they're not coming back up, are they? No, no, no. Um, the, the championship is, is that league, isn't it? That, you know, it's, it's such a weird competitive league. And it is competitive. Let's, let's call it what it is. Um, it's dog-eat-dog. Dog. You know, you have to have... Um, you have to have something about you. And I think Everton have really capitulated, you know, over the past six months, let's say. Um, you can put it down to the managers. You can put it down to people being on big wages maybe expecting the project, you know, they had Ancelotti at one point, didn't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. But you look at, you know, I'm just looking for their team, Decore, he's not sticking around. Uh, Richarlison, Calvert-Lewin, oh, imagine Pickford. Pickford could be, could be going to the World Cup as a championship player. Um, yeah, it's, it's a really weird one. They've got to start with their, their youth. I think they've got to, you know, trust maybe some of the younger players. Um Gordon, I actually like the look of Gordon, mm -hmm. player, and um, obviously Damari Gray. I don't mind if he wants to come and help us out with our squad depth. I wouldn't say no. Um, I've liked him for a number of years. Um, mm. I don't think he's. I don't think he's necessarily a classically top four player, but he is a player that you can, you know, say right. You on one wing, maybe a Bergwijn on the other wing. You know, League Cup away to Huddersfield, let's say. Um, so it's 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 interesting. They're gonna have to blow this thing up. Um, their owners have been really, you know, 
wild with their spending um, for a project which I don't I don't understand what anyone was really seeing. Like they weren't they weren't like a top five, top six team. If it was West Ham, you know, West Ham had found a way. West Ham really remind me of, of Pochettino's Spurs side. They've got a system. They know how they can beat the big teams at home. You know, under Pochettino, we started beating the Arsenal, started beating Man United, we started beating uh, Man City. You know, West Ham have found a way to beat bigger teams at home uh, and and kind of go on a eight to ten game unbeaten run. Not necessarily winning every game, but unbeaten. Um, and they all believe in each other. They're not superstars in that sense, but they've got a lot of talent. Um, they don't have a world class player like a Harry Kane or whatnot. But they've got the Bowens, they've got the Rice, even you know, Yarmolenko off the bench. Um, and they're doing what they need to do to, to solidify and move up. If their owners now turn and say, right, here's a £200 million war, war chest, go and solidify us in the top six conversation, you'll understand. But Everton were doing this from like eighth and ninth, thinking, bruv, like, humble yourself again. <laughs> you know, just know where you're at. Build, you know, build, you know, kind of. I think they kind of probably got, they got um, hoodwinked by the Leicester situation. You know, oh, Leicester able to go from zero to hero. Yeah. All it means is just, you know, collection of talented players who are playing for the manager. Listen, Leicester, there's a reason why Leicester will, will appear on things you didn't think will ever happen in 20 years' time. You know, like, <laughs> there was that kind of win when they won the, the league. So, yeah, it's, it's they will, I think they will go down. Um, next game for but for Everton is Burnley, and um, I think it's at Burnley. So that is what we call the traditional six pointer, isn't it? You know that that's a big game. Burnley Everton at Burnley. I think Burnley win that. Um, mm. I think it might be comfortable. I think once the first or second goal goes in for Burnley, I think Everton just turn over and, and you know get spanked. Really, um, they're that kind of team. They don't really have the minerals. Um, so yeah, you know West Ham doing what West Ham do. You know, they're winning the odd, you know some good games here and there. Um, they're they're one of those teams that I, I hate. West Ham can be a bit of a bogey team for Spurs over the past few years. Um, we all know about you know the three three all. They've knocked us out a couple of cup competitions over the years under Pochettino. Um, so yeah, you know West Ham getting that win. I think West Ham will be looking at solidifying the European spot. Um, can they win the Europa? I hate. I would hate if they did. Hmm. Um, but they're, they're one of those teams that can go on a little magical run, you know, that their their fans will be similar about for the rest of their lives. So, <laughs> so I think I think you're right. Just just before you go to Kojo, West Ham will go to the uh, Europe Europe Europa League final. Frank Lampard will go to question the sport. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's the last thing I was expecting. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> you know, Rated. Rated. Oh my <laughs> <goodness>. <laughs> with Phil oh, yeah. was it? Matt, Matt <laughs> bro. All right then, Kojo. Uh, I mean, we're gonna have to talk about that Crestwell free kick. It was it was out of, straight out of the top draw, man. Fantastic. Which one? Which whose free kick was better, Ward Prowse's or or uh, or Cresswell's? Um, Ward Prowse. He said Ward Prowse. Mm. It's the way he whips it. It's beautiful, isn't it? Oh, but it's a thing of beauty. Cresswell's one was really good, though, as well. It's because he got like a little late dip on it as well. And it's one of those almost in the corner kind of things as well. Um, 
you know, Wood Prowse has, has pretty much been winning free kick competitions all the time. So I'm going to give one to Crespo because at this point, <laughs> at this point, Wood Prowse just does it for fun. Um, no, nah, look, it was a beautiful free kick. Um, he hardly scores them, but when he scores them, he scores them good. Mm. And um, yeah, this one was top draw. Um, and he kind of set the tone for the rest of the game as well. And uh, that's what West Ham need. They need goals from everywhere because Antonio's goals have certainly dried up big time. So if Crystal can hit a few free kicks in there, then that would be lovely for them. It was a beautiful free kick and um, a well-deserved win as well. Um, let's quickly on Everton. Michael King and Yuri Mina are championship defenders. Yeah, yeah, they'll stick around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that pretty much just, that's the sum to me. That does, that's, yeah, that's that's my point, pretty much. They should sign Ake as well to play next to them. Well, yeah, okay, as well. Soon come, hopefully as well. Um, Maguire. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. No, look, it, we. I mean, Kel, me, you. Have, we. I think. Did, did he move from we were doing the podcast when he moved from Burnley to Everton for a crazy fee? I, if we were doing the podcast, like fifty million. I swear. Yeah, yeah, I, and I think we ridiculed it to the ends of the earth, um, because it was just ridiculous. And Jeremy, yeah. not he's he's not that like, he's not great. Um. Yeah, truth be, truth be told, that, that just you're not gonna go far with them. You're, uh, Michael Keane actually as well. He got something in that game, idiot. There's no yeah. need to, no need to make that challenge whatsoever. So absolute idiot. But yeah, they got what they deserve. And Lampard, if he now has a failed expected promotion with Derby, Derby, yeah, sacked by Chelsea, his you know his club, and getting relegated, not being able to save, save Everton on his CV, he is in big big trouble. Question of sports. <laughs> I'll have number three, please, Sue. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I guess, I guess we have to speak about Spurs because they absolutely battered uh, Newcastle United five goals to one. Oh, flappy hands, Laurie didn't wanted to be star of the show though because he should have <laughs> saved that free kick, but he let Shaw drive one straight through him. But didn't matter. Ben Davis equalised uh, straight at uh, almost an, on on half time in the forty third minute, and then after half time, Conte with the team talk. Forty eight minutes. Matt Doherty, human son Emerson, and Stephen Bergwijn wrapped it up. Trebles. What, what's what's Conte done to this team, man? Because it's, 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 it's they're playing quite well. I have to admit they're playing quite well right now. I message Kojo straight away. I'm like. You see this content ball. <laughs> <laughs> I said it with my chest. You know, I, when we got him, I was like, I just want to see it. I went to uh, the Cabo Cup game against West Ham. I think that was the first game I saw under Conte. Um, and I'm sitting in the South Stand. Um, if you haven't been to our stadium, please take a trip. It's a very nice stadium to go to. Um, and I'm sitting in the South Stand and I'm watching from behind the goal and you can see the patterns. But we couldn't sustain it, you know, for longer than half an hour at a time and i think now all the players are buying in all the players know what they need to do we finally survived an international break without injuries okay and it sounds silly but every single international break at least over the past three or four um breaks there's a key injury um we lost romero um before christmas which is what affects us in the chelsea games i think you know we had to play sanchez at the back for four or five games straight no one wants to do that um, he, he barely gets five minutes. Um, so we have a settled team, settled unit. Um, everyone's buying into it. 
even when we're putting players in the wrong position, you know, you've got number two who's playing at left wing back yesterday instead of right wing back. We've still got Chicken Royale um, at right wing back, and the less said about him, the better. He's got a goal this, this, right. this weekend, Alain. This weekend, one weekend. One my friends, my friends. One weekend. If you want me to come back on this show, do not give him a call. Don't <laughs> <laughs> do it. I can't. No, he's listen. I, I saw something in the athletic today. Um, he's he's a right back playing out of position. He's playing right wing back. He's very limited. Um, does he have qualities somewhere somehow? Um, I think we'll upgrade on on most quite a few of our wing backs. I think in the summer. But what Conte can do is get a bunch of average players, and some of them are average, to play a lot better. Okay, and he's doing that. We're winning five out of six, and we're winning games against teams that we should beat, quote unquote. And um, if you're going to be serious about trying to get top four, and now we're putting pressure on, you know, we're, we're <laughs> funny enough, we are now the shadow to Arsenal, you know, in, in that sense. And you know, I guess you can always make a joke about that over the past 25 years. Um, but let's see if, if Arsenal do what they've done over the past 10 years, which is not exactly finished strong. Um, so it's, it's good to just have the opportunity to be in the conversation. Why are you making a face like that? Anyway. Not exactly finished strong. Do you see the confidence that Conte brings these men? A little run. They're talking about Arsenal. <laughs> you say that. No, no, no. You say that. You say that. But literally, the reason why, back in November, when someone asked me, oh, what do you reckon? I said, I feel more confident, not because of our players. We saw that. When they have to play two games a week, screw it. <laughs> they are dead, right? And it might be content system, might be fitness, whatever. They just can't do it. Middlesbrough, Burnley, Southampton, all these games that we should have won, we don't win, we flop. But I back Conte. Do you know what I mean? That's, that's the only hope I've got over the next few games. We've got Kane playing out of this world. You mentioned all our goal scorers. Kane wasn't on them and we won 5-1. Mm. And he got one assist, you know. Um, and actually, Kane only gave us 45 minutes of the game, really. He wasn't playing that well in the first half. Um, and it's weird because I'm watching it and there's so many things we can improve. Um, but what you can't afford is we're getting goals from across the team now. Um, and that's crucial. We've always been talked about, oh, if you stop Kane, you stop Spurs. And that is still true because um, he's, he's, he's so cute crucial in our link-up play. Some of the passes he's been playing over the past month are absolutely you know, out of this world. They're top top class. Um, but now we're having other players chip in. Son seems to be, you know, he's getting the goals. Even Bergwijn's coming off the bench. And we saw Bergwijn for Holland in the international break. Three, in, you know, three goals in two games or whatever. Um, so the confidence is there in some of our players to, to do something. Um, and I think they know and the, the one thing I, I, I kind of hold dear is the fact that some of these players have been in this situation before when they've got a track down of top four space and, and they can just, they know how to put four or five games together. I just hope to God we don't get injuries and I hope to God we just, that, that Hugo Lloris bug that we saw yesterday, you know, you can get that from a Ben Davies, you can get that from a Reguillon, you can get that from other players in our team. So I'm not, I'm not necessarily, you know, over the moon and going, right, this is it. We're back. But it is good to put five against um, Newcastle, especially before they start spending 300 million in every summer yeah. and take over Man United. Um, yeah. I mean, Steve, let's let's burst their bubble a bit because at the very beginning of this season, 
<laughs> a certain number nine wanted out. He was talking about KDB being one of the best passes he's ever seen. Blah, 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 blah. Wanting out. But now, and he, and he absolutely stunk up the place for about six months. Now he's hit a bit of form, scored a few goals here and there, made a few nice passes, and it's, it's Harry Kane FC once again. But I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you, and I think you might agree with me, he's going to want out at the end of the season. It depends. If they get top four, um, he might fancy a season. The reality is if he stays another season, that's probably it, really. Um, yeah. And he'll probably stay then for the rest of his career. Um, so, so he might stay, he might go. Um, I think it's well worth mentioning second half. I don't know what happens in Newcastle. They just fell off a cliff. It's They're amazing. absolutely dreadful. And you can only beat what's put in front of you. And to be fair to Spurs, they did it well. Um, so new owner bounce for Newcastle is over. And they're fortunate they've accrued enough points to date to not get sucked back into that because it don't look like a good football inside to me um, at all at the moment. Um, Alan St. Maximum looks like a headless chicken going down alleyways to nowhere right now, to be honest with you. It's, it's a, that would be a worry. If you're, if you're a Newcastle fan looking at this for next season, you're thinking, OK, um, what is next season about? Because we had five games where we got a load of points and it got us safe. And now we're back doing what we were doing before the changes. Um, where is their project at? Who takes it to the next level? Is Eddie Howe the man to take it to the next level? There's, a, there's more questions than answers at Newcastle at the moment. Um, and it's not the same at Spurs. Antonio Conte is a serial winner and he won't tolerate anything other than serial winners. I think he's tapped into Harry Kane. And there's a, there's a meeting of minds with regards to those two because Harry Kane wants to wants to accomplish things in his football career. And right now he's absolutely on fire. You are right. Um, brilliant, brilliant footballer and a really good game. But they're, they're picking out his passes on the on the game. Watch the game. They pick out the passes. But the Newcastle players are not even seeing the danger. They just switched off completely. It's like they just second half they came out and it was like. You'd want to know what was said in the changing room at half time for a team to switch off like that. Yeah. And if you're if you're the owner of Newcastle or you're you're looking at Newcastle's interests, you're looking at that thinking, how can my manager preside over a second half performance like that? We they were in the game. They come out in the second half, and that's arguably one of the worst forty five minutes of any team at any point this season. And the difference between the two teams was ridiculous. But Newcastle conspired to their own downfall, I think, with the way that they came out in the second half. Um, but as I said before, Spurs and, and Arsenal are looking up at Chelsea. And they genuinely are, and they should be too. Um, so exciting times for you and Trebles in terms of where your club's going. And if they back Conte in the summer, you'll go and take a few more players out of Serie A, like your Ben Bentecourse and your Kulisevki, who really has settled in really well there. He looks a player. I mean, he reminds me of David Ginola in the regards that he's big. He's a big guy and he and he's, he's powerful and the, the cross for Son's goal was looked really easy yeah. but it really wasn't. Yeah. Um. So he looks promising and the ironic thing is he hardly played in Serie A so he's he's kind of come in now and he's taken his opportunity and he's got a manager that believes in him and he looks good. He's on loan with the option to buy. He is isn't he on a two year deal? Yeah. Yeah. We've got, we've got a few of those. <laughs> he looks good. He looks good. He looks. He looks I love apart. Him. I, I yeah. love him. We, we yeah. finally have a right winger who can stay on the touchline. <clears throat> you know, Mora always plays central. Um, obviously, Bale was was an expensive mistake. Um, 
I don't know who else we've even tried out there. It's just been hit and miss, largely. Lamella, <clears throat> oh, good Lord. Uh, so, oh, gosh, this is this is bringing on PTSD. Um, but it's good to have someone out there who knows his role. Uh, he's doing what he's doing, you know. And, and I think if, if this was Spurs last year, we'd draw that game or we might lose. Wow. If I'm honest. You know, it's 1-1 going in and we're like, oh, you know, half-time. And we just go, right, we'll try to... We're better than them, so we, we're going to win, obviously, aren't we? And then they hit us in the break. You know, obviously, Callum Wilson wasn't playing yesterday, but a player like that gets a winning goal, that kind of thing. Conte doesn't let you do that. And I saw it with Everton when we smashed them. I saw it yesterday with Newcastle, um, even the West Ham game. He's just like, he's so, like, relentless with his energy and in his, his drive for perfection. You know, even at 4-1 up, there was a missed pass, and he's, he's, he's literally... Like crying himself into the, to the ground, so that's infectious. And again, that's what makes average players play above their station. And um, I still want to see some of them sold in the summer, um, and hopefully they do. But hopefully they they get sold as a team, you know, coming from a team who got into the top four. You never know. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, you see, that's the funny thing. Is what we say is infectious because when it's when it's contest, infectious. But when it's good too, so it's bullying. But go, Joe. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll to you. Uh, I mean, it's it's Spurs right now, man. They, they are they are playing quite well, and uh, Conte is, is doing his thing. Just to what that that, that three man partnership is it? You think going forward that Spurs are that's going to be the three man partnership going on next season? Because it would be foolish of, of Spurs, even though we know, and I'm pretty sure Trebles knows, Spurs have the capacity to just not not buy him. And that will completely just ruin the entire flow of, of what they're going for right now. Yeah, um, he's not the only one. I think, I, I can't remember if they've made Romero permanent already yet. If they have, that's important. Him, Bentanka and Kuliseski are huge to this team. I, I, I'll say, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Harry Kane could only depend on Son going forward in that partnership because whoever was on the right side was, quite frankly, inadequate. You couldn't count on them to be in the right place at the right time. You couldn't count on them to make the right, right runs. You couldn't count on them to do the right things even seven times out of ten. They were doing it more two out of ten times. Um, I've said it about Bervan. i said it about Lucas Moore. i said it about Lamella as well. <clears throat> the kind of players that uh, Kane and Son need in their front three. You need someone of an equal quality, or even if they're lower quality, it has to be slight. And Kulisevsky, he's only 21 as well, which is huge. He's only 21, and that's how you can build the future with, because Kane is going to hit 30 in what, a year or two. Um, Son is 28 now, I believe, 28, 29 as well. So it's about players that are in their peak years, but when they hit 30, you, you as a club need to start thinking about the next stage, because as much as you can use them for the next three years when they hit their 30s, you also need to think about who's next in line, who's going to be that person. But for the meantime, if they're going to have any success going forward, that needs to be the front three. Kulisevsky is damn good. Yeah. Um, can I just can I just say that our third goal, when he played the little link-up with Kane, mm. Kulisevsky plays the pass and rightly turns the wrong way. He turns away from the play and just makes a run. And Kane's like, ah, oh, thank you, because you're right where I need you to be. And it, it was like, and, and Conte's system is like this. It is poetry. It's, it's one of the ones, it has to work as a machine. You know, everyone has to be in the right place. People making runs off someone, off someone to receive the fourth pass or whatever. It's like that. 
Chris Hesley's come in. He's got five assists um, since he's played, started playing. Got a couple goals as well. Um, lovely player. I'm a really big fan. And, and yeah, we need to make that permanent and just move forward. And then buy another player. You know, a yotta type, you know. Is it, you go out and get a Pedro Neto who can sit on your bench and come in and be a danger. You know, just, just go and get top players um, to, to beef out our squad depth. Um, otherwise, we do the same thing we have with Pochettino, where our first 11 can beat anyone on their day. Um, and then you look at the bench, you see Harry Winks, and you start crying. <laughs> that's that's what I was saying. You know, with with Bentancur, with uh, Romero, the key signings, they're, they're crucial it's signings. It's, exactly, it's a spine, exactly. Um, and then now this thing about the next day, obviously the loan of uh, the goalkeeper from Atlanta, remind me of his name. That hasn't worked out. So, you know, you're looking at, okay, you know what? Um, who's going to really not, still needs to be replaced because he's not going to be the keeper for the next 10 years. So who's going to be the next one we can look and see? To bring I hope in? he is. Uh, I know you hope he is. I hope but, he is. <laughs> but, you know, who can we bring in next to be the next man in that goal uh, that will work with that spine as well? If we can keep those guys, we've got a spine ready. You know, it's beautiful to have um, a goalkeeper, a defender that you can rely on, a midfielder you can rely on, and then you've got your front three sorted because then you put the pieces around them and you build that. That's what I think Conte is looking to do. Conte's always needed that kind of thing. He always played a front three, but he's also got his wing backs that did the job for him. He's got his defenders that did the job for him, and his midfielders are workhorses with that quality as well. So this is but this is where I'm gonna say it's always a maybe because with Pochettino again, as he, he alluded it to, if you have success in on some level somewhere and your manager's ready to build to the next step, you cannot hold him back. You cannot do that. And if Conte is going to stay and do something in the summer to build his team, if he's getting results and somehow getting um, Doherty and Davis to contribute to the score sheet and Emerson Royale now for the first time contributing to the score sheet as well, then you got to let him continue to build something. So let's see what they can do, man. But um, it was a good result. 5-1. Kane's passing quality. Absolutely right. The defending was poor, but you still have to execute it. And man, man, his quality is, he's outstanding, man. He's an outstanding footballer. He, he needs an accolade more than anybody in that team because otherwise... Agreed. Ha, ha, he's going to be known as the player that's got a lot of goals, but it came to nothing. Basically, footballing Renick. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll, we'll wrap it up there. That's a, that's a great way to wrap it up. Uh, thank you guys wow. for watching. Thank you guys for joining us, but we're going to end with you guys. Where can they find you, Steve? Um... Mostly on Red Men TV for Liverpool stuff. Um, still doing that, which is really cool. In the studio with the cameras. Uh, it's not a podcast. It's, it's like a... Well, they do a podcast, but it's TV shows. Um, and then doing ad hoc things like this, which is always a pleasure. And I, I had a look at your followers today as a, as a Twitter account. I can't believe you guys don't have more followers. So anyone stumbling across this, uh, I say this every time I come on, give these guys a follow. Go and find their YouTube channel. Give that a follow. Subscribe to that because I come on here for a reason because we a good chat about football with good people and it's hard to find these days. So um, kudos to you guys for doing a really good job and it's always always really enjoyable coming on. So thanks again for having me. And for God's sake, people, get following these two. <laughs> Travel's working if I find you, sir. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty much living on Twitter. Uh, the football takes there. Um, at Trebles, I'm also part of the Touchline Fracker community, um, the, the Touchline Hotspurs, aka New Spurs Order. Um, we're doing our best to spread 
and the truth about Spurs. And we're brutally honest and sometimes to the point I wonder if we will ever be let back into the stadium. Um, but yeah, that's where we're at. Um, we record on Thursdays, drop on Saturdays and you can find us on all the usual platforms um, and across social media. But I agree with Steve. I don't text many people saying, yo, I've got something to say. But Kojo and your <laughs> team... I love, I love coming here on the Mondays and just to chop it up with, with real football people. So, yeah, man, get following, guys, and support the movement. Gojo, where can they find us? Uh, before we go, appreciate that, you guys. Really much. Yeah. Their links are below as well in the bio. And lastly, as well, positive vibes, wishes, and love to Louis Van Gaal. All the support mm-hmm. for yeah. his fight against prostate cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, which I hope he pulls through. Um, and yes, you can find us here on YouTube for me for podcasts on the audio is free before the number three in before that is and um, your uh, social media as well, which is obviously your Twitter, TikTok, Twitch, and Instagram for me before the audio. Sorry, was Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. That's free before this has been another episode of the match report. Good night.